1: side-by-side table. I don't, am I being insulting to other people right now? Welcome back to TF3, recorded on a Monday night. There are three people here. Sadly, Adam is still away, but that'll be remedied in about five weeks. Uh, Dave O'Brien, how was your weekend?
2: Yeah, it was good. Went up to Manchester, went to a wedding. a Very nice Hindu wedding. First time of a into a hindu ceremony very a, a lovely weekend spent sorry mates in manchester so i've had a really good time as you can tell Lawrence, my voice is slowly dying
1: yes yes and the other hindu on the podcast chris welcome back good evening just before we get the tweets chris isn't actually hindu all right just saying uh because every time you meant every time we mention religion on the podcast someone else or someone tweets something vaguely offensive oh, uh, someone will seek me out if they find that out very good chris um, now, Dave, you want to start the podcast a little different this week?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, just question. playing a game um, in oh. on the in the car up up to Manchester from, from London. And, did you um, drive? I didn't drive. No, I was the co-pilot, so I was head of music, right. so I was DJing. I yeah. was head of snacks, head of directions. You know, I had a lot of responsibility so you know, I didn't drive, but I took a lot of my plate. Good. But there was a really good question that came up in the car. Would you? And rather- I want you. I want you and and Chris to have this answered by the end of our recording of this podcast. And if you don't, you've failed in life. Right. This is
0: proper bollocks, I'm going to be so disappointed.
2: Whenever you want, you can shout out (laughs) answers to me through the podcast, and I will say yes or no. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, So, the question is, you two have to name five Premier League players that have scored a hat-trick at three different clubs. And also, I want the listeners to obviously play the game as well when they're listening to the podcast. Okay, so what you're saying is, scored a hat-trick
1: whilst they played for a different three different clubs in the Premier League
2: yes so these players would have played for you know a few Premier League clubs but they scored a hat-trick at three separate clubs okay so for example um Lawrence McKenna scored a hat-trick at Liverpool scored a hat-trick for Spurs and scored a hat-trick for Norwich and then bang that's one player never scored a hat-trick for Spurs that's the question okay well that's a good
1: question um how many? How many uh, people have done it, David? Is there a high number of people that have done it?
2: So only five players have ever done it in Premier League right, okay. history. Okay. So the game is to name all five. Yeah,
1: that's going to be a good game. Uh, Chris, do you do you have any answers already with
0: you? I reckon Nolker is one of them because he's played for about half a dozen clubs in the Dave? Premier League. I mean, was Nicholas Nelka?
2: I can confirm that is one of the guys. Well Great. done, Chris. That is one point. Can I say Kevin Phillips? Sorry, Lawrence. Scored a lot of goals, Kevin Phillips. 31 uh, Premier League goals. I think it was in the two th- 99 2000 season, but in, f- in fact, didn't score three hat tricks at three separate clubs. Jermaine Defoe.
0: Incorrect Alex again, Lawrence. I don't think he's actually got a hat trick.
2: I don't think that
1: he's one of those players, isn't he? <gasps> Could it be Peter Crouch?
2: I also answered that again he's definitely
1: he's definitely scored a hat-trick for Spurs uh, sorry for uh, Stoke scored one for Liverpool he must have scored a hat-trick for Spurs
0: Les Ferdinand
2: apparently not no Chris that is the second goal Les Ferdinand yes scored um, hat-tricks for QPR I think um,
0: Newcastle. Newcastle we got one for Newcastle that's what I'm basing it on hat-tricks I can remember and then just in. Chris's technique there, uh good, which is a fancy way of saying guessing really good uh so we've right got two so far do you do we wait until the end to guess the rest?
2: Dave, yeah, yeah let's do that yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm
1: trying to think of
2: <laughs> you see i did, I was in this car right for about an hour. I didn't say anything to anyone apart from answers. Names like James Morrison appeared out of nowhere. I knew that James Morrison hadn't scored three hat-tricks, but it's one of those players that just got stuck in my head and had to say it just to get it out of my system.
1: But that is just... um, Surely that is just a normal conversation with Rain Man, Dave. Correct. So wait, who have we got so far? Anelka.
0: So far we've got Anelka and
1: Les Ferdinand. Anelka and Les Ferdinand. Okay. Right. Well... That will carry on for the rest of the podcast. Let's start off with Les's, uh one of Les's. I was going to f- upset Chris then. One of Les' favourite clubs. Uh, Spurs played Liverpool on the weekend. It was one all in the end. Uh, Chris, uh, Liverpool's tactics made made them look dominant in this one. Uh, but I'm not sure they're as dominant as people are sort of portraying
0: it. No, I thought the game had been flowed pretty evenly across the full 90 minutes. I think... I think what we saw was a team in Liverpool that can certainly play one style. But to, to draw a comparison with UFC, they play in a similar way, I would argue, to the way Conor McGregor fights. It's quite very much on the front foot. It's, it's quick. It's almost suffocating at times. The problem comes in, for both instances when McGregor goes to the later rounds and when Liverpool get kind of into the later stages of the game because both inevitably tire. And I think when Liverpool are faced as they were with Burnley against a team that wanted to just sit back and essentially soak up that space, it then becomes impossible for them to achieve anything. With Tottenham, I think it was more uh, stamina that let them down. And I think it's pointing to something that will have to happen for them in the near future, which is develop another way to play and another way to break teams down. Because at the minute, I think they're slightly too over-reliant, or they're slightly over-reliant, excuse me, on, on this one style that has, has got them such results.
1: Yeah, that does worry me. Uh, are, you, are you talking about Liverpool or Spurs by this point, Chris? Um, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool do look a little one-dimensional, I agree. There are elements of dimension uh, that Liverpool need to enhance. And Klopp has bought players who are trying to make them a little more three-dimensional. Wijnaldum is one of them, though, Chris. And it, it, uh, you put in the, the notes, poor showing... He, I don't know yet whether his, his role is prominent enough for Liverpool. I see him doing things and think that's good. I don't know if it sort of offers enough or if he's one of, if, if he's what you consider almost a piano
0: carrier at Liverpool. But that's kind of the problem is I I, I don't think he's dynamic enough for, for 25 million pounds. That That's my concern with him. If I'm a Liverpool fan and, The bizarre thing is, so so Jurgen Klopp buys him and then puts him in central midfield. I think he needs to be much further up. I think he needs to be in a number 10 role. And arguably, he needs to be playing off a forward, be it behind them or in front of them. And essentially finding the space that a defender isn't inhabiting for whatever reason. And then contributing with goals. That's kind of his selling point. So to bring him in and put him in central midfield... When I would argue, he doesn't have a great range of passing. He's not someone that can actually be quite, uh what's the word I'm looking here, penetrative with his passing either. That is a, a very bizarre situation for me, and one that I haven't really um, understood when I've watched Liverpool this season.
1: It's a bit of an unusual one because Klopp has got Emery Chan on the bench. Uh, although you know, at times he's injured uh, or sort of not up to full health. Uh, then he starts three players who clearly they, are, they fit into what Klopp wants to do, or at least they understand, Dave, what Klopp wants to do. And so that's why they seem to be in this position. Henderson, Lalana, and then obviously Wijnaldum. And it, it, that sort of goes ahead of actually being able to execute really well.
2: I think they're all too similar. Like, there's no variation in that midfield. Oh, come is on. Like, there, there. there is variation in those players, but. There, there's not. They're, they're similar players. They're similar energetic central midfielders if you play yeah, them but in central midfield. If you can play them can a passing, is good.
1: I mean, Lallana's passing is. is a good range of passing. He can carry the ball well. Henderson's out ball always seems to be decline, uh, which is frustrating. Um, and OK, let's let's compare compare it, it to,
2: to one of Jurgen Klopp's better midfields. You know, Sebastian Kjell, Grunduan and Mario Goetze. They had clearly defined roles. There was a holder, there was someone that was going to control the play in central midfield and there was someone that was going to get into the final third and drift and, and create goals and create chances. Name me, those, name me those three roles in the Liverpool midfield. I think that's the problem. It's too hazy. There's too many lines and I think that Klopp may be trying to be more fluid to try and break these deeper oppositions down. But ultimately, it would be better if he was a little bit more structured in the way that he gives roles I and know, how know, he constructs I, his midfield. I, mean, yeah, I do think that's, you're right
1: in saying that. I, I was going to basically say it doesn't seem, it seems a lot more fluid in that front six, I want to say, or uh, what also becomes a front eight when you add the two fullbacks in. Um, and that's maybe what is restricting Liverpool at times is
0: maybe the lack of structure. Um, I think as well, though, if you look at the summer for Liverpool, they wanted uh, Piotr Zelensky, the uh, Udinese midfielder who was at yeah. Emley last season. To me, looking at things now with a little bit of, of hindsight, I sense that he was the premier target and that was who they really wanted. Because he does, and for Employee last season, did tend to get the ball deeper and then either drive with it or pass it on. And the fact they couldn't get him, that makes me think they went out and tried to buy Wijnaldum thinking he could do the same thing. And well, but, I think but then Mane does do learns. that quite well for the Liverpool team. Um, he stretches. I don't think he's someone... He's someone that can dribble, definitely. I wouldn't call him a central midfielder, though, and I think yeah, definitely. you're although, much better off putting him in the final third on his shoulder where he can make a best use of that pace over a short distance.
1: Uh, yeah, although I also think uh, with uh, with the Mane, he he did that very well against Arsenal um, and was sort of allowed that freedom of the role, if you like. Um, anyway, Liverpool with a few problems there, and ultimately, though, it may have been a little unlucky. Maybe another day Liverpool would have been 2-0 up and Spurs would have only scored the one, or maybe Spurs would have come back and won three, uh, two. At the same time, Adam Lalana has covered, uh, the most ground this season, twelve and a half K covered in a game, which especially in his new position sort of shows how hard he's working. And that was, there is some really interesting running from Lalana shape wise. He's not just running straight lines on the pitch consistently just to sort of make up ground. If you like, he is running, uh, diagonals, which make him quite interesting too. um, uh, James Milner also saying, "I'm learning to play
2: left back," which is obviously. I think that's a, that's a big issue for Liverpool at the moment. Takes he away from their structure. Very, very poor defensively. Kept making the same mistakes of getting drawn into watching the ball, not watching his man, and being unaware. The goal that, that Spurs scored, yes, um, Eric Dyer was offside, but Milner never has him. Milner doesn't know where he is, doesn't know what he's doing. And um, if you if you watch Spurs, you know how much their their backs or you know their their backs in quotation marks get forward. You know. Danny Rose, who scored the goal, and um, before his injury, Carl Walker, and then Eric Dyer—they do get forward. And uh, as a team playing them, you need to be aware that they'll they'll go forward and they'll make the runs in behind from those wide areas as everyone else drifts in. And I think that was a little bit from Liverpool's perspective. It was a little bit naive in, in a sense. And Milner never had a grasp of Eric Dyer, which is, again, Eric Dyer isn't isn't Ronaldinho, isn't Lionel Messi. He's a he's a defender. He's a defensive midfielder. And if you're you're struggling to 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 mark or to to cover that man got a bit of an issue. I, just, I don't understand how it's not been addressed. Padre, uh, Rodriguez from uh, Wolfsburg would fit Liverpool down to a T. How Jürgen Klopp plays his full-backs, defensively sound, really good from set-pieces, aggressive. Every time I've seen him play live, he's been absolutely fantastic. Been the best player on the pitch. I've seen him twice. Once for Wolfsburg against Hertha Berlin, once for Switzerland against Albania. Both times, best player on the pitch. I don't understand why they just haven't gone out and got a left-back because it is a big issue. Reino can't play there. Milner's struggling. It's... Uh, I, I I I can't I don't know what's going through the the, the minds at Liverpool at the moment.
1: The, there's got to be a reason why, because otherwise they they would have like you say Dave, they they would have just gone out and gone for one of these guys, and there is no doubt that one of these guys as a target would have wanted to play for Jurgen Klopp at, at Liverpool. I mean, there's got to be some sort of tempting uh, bait there. Uh, on the other side of that, uh, let's go over to Spurs. Obviously, formed did very well. Uh, Spurs. Saw it high and long when Carl uh, Walker went off and it was quite interesting, uh, Pochettino sort of saying they meant to do that, uh, which was, I mean, it was almost mimicking a little bit what uh, Pep did at Bayern. Against do, Bayern Munich, yeah, yeah to, to take away the press, where, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, which was interesting. Um, and then obviously, I don't actually think Liverpool's penalty was a penalty, I think it was a free kick just outside the box, but put Liverpool ahead. Uh, And there they were. Uh, And then obviously uh, down the other end, uh, Spurs still having problems putting chances away. Kane, should we talk for just a second about Kane looking like the Euros, Chris?
0: Yeah, I think we have to remember though with, with him, he's, he's always struggled at the start of the season for for Spurs. He's, you tended to get going sort of close to the, the winter period. Um, so I I don't think there's any reason to have a massive concern right now. I think that may be part of the reason they bought Vincent Janssen in the first place was sure. to to relieve some of that pressure. Janssen and I forget if I if I said it last week. Janssen concerns me slightly because just some of the chances he's missing and the way he's approaching them. I just can't help but think he's going to have a difficult season, and unfortunately, the Premier League we have a little bit of a habit of essentially deeming players not good enough if they have a, a poor start to, to life in England. Uh,
1: that does sort of come in the territory of being one of those uh, leagues where people say, we're the best in the world, you've got to cut it here. Um, and, and actually not being the best in the world and actually just cutting off your own nice, nose to spite your face, you vain bastards. Um, they, anyone, I've, Kane's got a captain armband, right, for Spurs. Can the club choose what armband a captain has? Or is that an assigned armband? Anyone? I think that
2: you, you, it's different for different clubs, I think. Like Barcelona have got a certain, you know, the, the Catalan flag. Um, I think there's certain sponsors that sponsor some captains' armbands. But yeah, I think it's just a club-orientated thing.
1: So then Harry Kane and the club have picked that they would have an armband which says captain on it.
2: Yeah, apparently so. He needs to know what he is, Lawrence.
1: Yeah, Harry, you're the captain today. How am I supposed to know? Well, look at your arm, mate. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Be that out on the pitch, yeah? Eh, we'll see. Uh, Liverpool play Leicester next. Hmm. They got their first win off uh, of the season over Swansea, guys. Guys, Leicester, Leicester for the title now, Dave.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think they'll they'll do okay, um, but there's there's still certain certain so issues they showed a lot more um determination and uh, an aggression in the game Jamie Vardy was back to his best of running behind and hitting it first time took his goal very well drink water uh, but better. it's it's still you know I think the quality of the Premier League has gone up and Leicester haven't improved in that manner and, and um they they'll, they'll do fine but they they're not going to be challenging 100% Chris that's part of it isn't it is that especially against Swansea
1: Uh, Another side who, you know, they're not treading water, but they're certainly trying to stay at a a similar level. This is maybe not the best litmus test to see where Leicester are going to finish this season. Um, 2 1 in the end, though, you know, Leicester get their win.
0: They did. I thought Swansea were quite poor. Um, I've said already, I think they're going to struggle this season. I think Gilin or whoever whoever has sanctioned the deals has let a lot of reliable players go from, from Swansea, and I think that will really come back to bite them. I can understand why they wanted to sanction a deal for IU in particular, because £20.5 million yes. is a huge sum of money, even in the context of this summer. And the big profit. It is a, a massive profit. I think letting him go me, albeit go me, was misfiring, and Ashley Williams, who I think is the most important one, go in the same summer. That's a good portion of your spine that's gone, and you have to fix it quickly. And when I look at the, the centre-back pairing that lined up for them, on Saturday against Leicester, I think it was Fernandez and Amat. They just, they looked like they had a a mistake in the pair of them every time Leicester came forward. And I have yet to be convinced by them, watching them this season. Mm. Um, So the the crumb of comfort, I guess, is there's only a few games in. I I still don't see it changing drastically for Swansea. I think they'll be much closer to the bottom than the the top half.
1: Shame. Real shame. Uh, Let's move on to Chelsea Burnley. Chelsea 3, Burnley nil. 0 Hazard's freedom out there, Chris.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that um, Josie Mourinho kind of got wrong when he was at Chelsea towards the end there was he he tried to change the way Eden Hazard plays and who he is as a player by making him defend, making him track back. And I guess making him that complete player in inverted commas. I, I don't think you do that with someone like Hazard. I think you have to give him the freedom. And that's something that Conte's done. He's, he's essentially put him on the halfway line and and just told him to wait for the ball. And I think it was Sean Dyche said it on Saturday that um, Chelsea are essentially a back five, a front five, and N'Golo Kante covering every inch that's left. And I think that's a a very brilliant way to put it because it is true. He will free up opportunities and relieve players like Hazard from their defensive responsibilities, Kante. Mm -hmm. And I think in general, they will improve significantly from that one addition because it... It's not even so much the influence he brings as an individual, it's what he allows those around him to do.
2: Mm-hmm. I kind of massively disagree with, with Kante's position at Chelsea, though. He's not for me, he's not defensive midfielder. The best thing Kante's, the one that you Robbie, Robbie Fowler. Fowler. incorrect, Lawrence, I'm yeah. afraid. <clears throat> Fail, sorry, mate. I'm thinking of anyway, that no, okay. Back, back to Kante, you look at his Emmanuel um, I like, no. you know, the amount of ball that he's won in the last few seasons and where he turns that over in the opposition's half and what that gives you as a team, what it gave Leicester City in the transition last season and then you're sticking this fellow at defensive midfield that isn't that good on the ball. It's crazy. You know, I thought he'd be the perfect shuttle for Conte, but Conte's using Oscar in that position. Um, so I, I just don't know. I still think this Chelsea team, yes, they've won three out of three, but have they really hit um, you know uh, a test yet? They beat West Ham, they beat Watford and they beat Burnley i you know expect them to 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 be tested a lot more than that in the next coming in the coming games like i think if you pressurize ngolo kante um in his defensive third that could be where you could get the ball you could nick it off him or you could you're going to kill the chelsea attack and i think liverpool that are playing them on the 16th of september will will get at kante and will expose him similar with arsenal a similar type issue that they'll that they will expose him as well i just feel that like, Kante should be used in a different way. And again, Fabregas not even getting a single minute after his wonderful display off the bench. You know I what, don't know.
1: Burnley will feel unlucky in this one because there were some decisions that went against them early on which took them out of the game. Uh, but ultimately they went on. Why does everyone talk about Azar but no one talk about Willian? Willian is one of the best players in the Premier League, if not one of the best, play- one of the best midfielders in his position in Europe.
2: I disagree. I think he's a bit inconsistent. I feel that he has spells of like six games where he'll be he's really incredible. good, but then he will drop off. You know, we saw last season. He started the season flying, and then didn't get an assist or no, didn't get, wasn't involved in a goal in like half of the year. So then he came back into it at in the end. So I think, yeah, in terms of top players, you've got to be more consistent than that. Unfortunately, mm,
1: good point. Now, speaking of being inconsistent, uh, it's time to go to Palace Super Palace. Uh, uh, where they drew one-all with Bournemouth. Chris, Bournemouth are going to feel really, really angry that in the end uh, Palace came back. But Pardew's still
0: done, isn't he? I I still think they'll struggle. I think the point they earned here kind of papers over cracks. But Pardew was cock of the walk afterwards,
1: wasn't
0: he? Yeah, look, he's someone the. takes all the credit when things go right and takes none of the blame when things go wrong. That's just kind of the person he is. I think yeah, I he spent a lot of money this summer on attacking players, so things have to click. Otherwise, I think he's he's done for, as much as Steve Parrish seems to like him. I, I, I think the fact they've won 2 of 22 in 2016 tells you enough of how their their year has been. It's been atrocious. and I think there reaches a point with him where because he is very heavily rooted in being a motivator, that stops to have an impact, or stops having an impact, excuse me. And you look at the way he handled Mili departure, departure, things like that, it all kind of builds up and, and almost creates this ball of negativity that I think makes a, a huge division between him and his players to the point where they just don't want to play for him anymore. And uh, I think that's what we're, we're witnessing now at Palace. It's a team that is a little bit one-dimensional, um, you can tell how they're going to try and attack you and I think things may pick up if they can build a little bit of fluency with Benteke and the Y players and I'm not sure of that happening though. I don't think that's guaranteed Dave, Chris Sutton
1: Sorry Lawrence, that is also incorrect God damn it, I th- it's going to be people of that generation because I can't think of anyone else that's been between three clubs
0: Yakubu
2: Ding, 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 ding. Number three to Chris Heddage. Yeah, Teddy
0: Sheringham. i one for think. One for Portsmouth. And I think oh, we're... he's come back.
2: It's 3-1. One. <laughs> one to go, guys. One to go. Is it Teddy another player? Teddy, Teddy Sheringham's
1: on there. Yeah.
0: Is it another player who's played? Is, another...
1: be... yeah. Is it another player who's played for United up front?
2: Lawrence, I can't answer any questions about this, mate. It's, it's not, not part of the game. D- was it's not twenty part? questions,
1: mate. All right, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bloody go for it, Dave. Was it Andy Cole?
0: No.
2: No, it wasn't. I also said Andy Cole when I was playing the game, Lawrence. I think he got two.
0: I see yeah. why you picked him. That is common sense.
1: It was just I, I instantly, as soon as I thought of sharing him, I obviously thought of Cole. Uh, God knows why Those two hated each other Right uh, That's not true He already
0: passed through Fowler Right Yeah So it's not him Gone through Fowler Pfft, I'm just taking a quick Who, who did I see Get a hat-trick Who's probably a bit random Player for three clubs
1: G- I was going to I was going to sort of say Any journeyman strikers Out there
3: Hmm <laughs>
2: Are you sure Andy Cole hasn't done it? Well according to the person that set the question for me Andy Cole oh, hadn't done it.
3: Fu-
1: right I'm googling that Andy Cole hat tricks. You're not allowed to google things Orange because yeah, it's cheating. Yeah but that's because I think you're fucking wrong Dave. Kevin Campbell. Oh good.
2: And that's it that's the game. So How the five players to score A hat trick at three separate Premier League clubs were Teddy Sheringham, Yakubu, Nicholas Anelka, Kevin Campbell, and Les Ferdinand.
0: Who scored all
1: time hat tricks? You're telling me that Andy Cole has not scored. Andy Cole. How am I supposed to look? How am I supposed to find out Cole? Well, this is great podcasting, isn't it? Uh, whilst we're whilst we're doing that, uh, yeah. Uh, what about the Wolf Money, uh, Chris uh, at Palace?
0: I don't think the bid's derisory. F- Fifteen million—it's—it's it's maybe not a huge sum in the context of the sums that are being spent elsewhere this summer.
3: Yeah. But
0: if you look at his production, it's—it's it's not better than Townsend, who went for thirteen. It's not better than. Blassie's who went for 26 and yet Pardew thinks he's a better player than Blasi. I'm not too sure what he sees. I think at the minute I need Zaha to be even remotely consistent before I think he's worth over 20 million because he's done nothing for me since he came back to Palace to justify that. I think he's a player that looks very flashy, can give you a, a decent set of highlights to put, put in a compilation or a DVD. There's just not enough moments where I think... Yeah, you know, this is someone who's worth over 20 million. He's not even an, an established member with the, the England national team. So, again, I, I'm not too sure where Pardew's drawing that conclusion from unless he's just trying to up the price. He's got a bit of money to spend before the window shuts. Bournemouth just look a bit naive, really, don't they? They do. I think this is yeah, the, I think... the one concern I've got for their strikers. is I watched the. It was really evident in the first half. They just lacked that clinical touch to them between. Josh King and Callum Wilson and then Benny Kifobi, you've not got a huge amount of top-flight experience there. And you do need to take chances if you're in a team like Bournemouth's position. And that was what I think stopped them getting a a win on Saturday was the fact that they had a lot of the ball. They had the best chances, I would argue, in the first half. And if they'd just been a little bit more clinical, there was an instance where Wilson was put through one-on-one and Mandanda kind of snaffled it up. It was a really good save. But I think if he scores that, they win quite comfortably because by that point, you've got the two-goal cushion and you're not really going to see much uh, from Palace in the second half, I think.
1: Mm. Oh, good old them. Uh, uh, Anyone want to talk just for a second about that, the whole penalty thing that's still going on? Because every time uh, Dave on Match of the Day, I mean, geez, is it a penalty? Isn't it a penalty? He's touching him. He's not touching him. Under this new... Uh, directive, and it's all about the directive. Uh, you just can't
2: touch people. I mean, it's a bit rubbish. I said it before. I think the do rules got a bit to, silly. Do people
1: need to man up, Dave? Do people? Do people need to? We it used to be all rough and tumble.
2: No, it just needs to be defined. It's not clearly defined. That's why we're having the issue. Is it? It, the problem is that they've, they've, you know, what is a touch and what is not a touch? If you, if you got maybe like eighteen blokes in a, in a penalty area or eighteen ladies in in a penalty area. They're going to touch each other, right? There's not enough space not to touch each other. So I think that's just something that's it's gone a little bit too far. And needs to, they need to pedal back and, and update the ruling again, to be quite honest. And put it back to what it was last season. I don't think there was an issue last season. I feel that referees well, needed well, to rule were, it better. It, 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 yeah,
1: I mean, last season, last season the problem was that they didn't call enough very clear incidents,
2: did they? That was the problem. So that's the thing. Now they're calling everything. It's just stupid. It's stupid well, not, from the refereeing
1: body. That's part of the problem is they're not
2: calling everything, Dave. But then they are, this is the thing, so they are in one game and the other game they're not doing it. You know, the City game, the two penalties there, called both of them. And then this game, you know, the other side. And it's it's silly, Lawrence, to say the least.
1: Chris, Everton-Stoke. The great thing about Everton now is that Everton are not a boring side, but not for the same reason that you'd think. They're interesting because they're one of the few teams in the league that are actually doing what you think they should do.
0: They seem a lot more functional. I think what's holding them back at the minute is Lukaku's lack of confidence. If you look at the chances he, he squandered at the weekend, I think a, a player with just a little bit of form behind him scores those. And I think he is a prime case of a player being unsettled by speculation, which is not to point fingers at anyone as much to say that the figures that have been bandied around, the the talk of him moving up that level, I think it's it's it has. It's unsettled him to the point where he's, he's just not on fi- firing on all cylinders right now.
1: Yeah, interesting, interesting point. Uh, but obviously, Everton get away 1-0 there, Chris. Um, it, Stoke s- looks still a little bit like they're trying to find their identity a little bit w- with this new structure under Hughes. Or maybe they know their identity a little bit too much.
0: I would agree with that. I think... The the changes they've made have been quite small, actually, when you look at it in terms of who they've bought. But I think, realistically, if they're going to play Mbula and Joe Allen, that means a lot of pressure or emphasis is put on the likes of Arnautovic and Bojan. And given their prior inconsistencies in their careers, I think that's quite a risky strategy to have. And I would be surprised if there's not a little bit more growing pain for, for Stoke and Hughes as they try and work out what's the best because Amboula and, and Allen just don't contribute in those assisting goal stats. So you, you need someone to, to really drive that team forward. Mm. Southampton, Sunderland.
1: Uh, Dave, it's really interesting with Southampton because basically Southampton look like the kind of side who they aren't. It's It's death by a thousand, whatever it is that they do.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange way to describe it, Lawrence. But but fair enough. I feel, you know, Southampton have not. They, they start. They. I thought they were good against United. They played well in spells in in this game. But um, I think they just need to find their rhythm. I'd say. You know, a lot of players in there. Nathan Redmond just coming back. Tardic playing in a different role, looking good, but not making that final pass or not making that intricate play. You know, Jay Rodriguez scored. Um, a pretty fortuitous goal, but it'd be good to see him back. You know, him a few seasons ago, he was absolutely killing it in the Premier League. So then get him back, firing um, could be a good option for them. I'm just still not massively convinced on Charlie Austin at this level anymore, and similarly with Shane Long. So I feel if they can get Jay Rodriguez next to Redmond up front, um, you know, maybe Tardich, maybe this new fella that they've signed from uh, from France, from Lille, who's who's pretty decent. Um, on the ball full of tricks um, it's going to be exciting for them maybe if they stick him in the hole that could be quite an interesting proposition um, is it Soforlai or something like that the, the fellow that they put in it's
1: Bufal isn't it Bufal Bufal Buf- yeah sure yeah uh, cool anyway he's on his way uh, he's Moroccan. on his way Moroccan I love a good Moroccan uh, as my local takeaway knows. Uh, Moyes uh, has his old side Everton coming to the northeast, Chris, what will Everton find in their wake? Sorry, Everton find.
0: I think they will find a team that in some ways has, has definitely improved from from last season, but in other ways is still haunted by the same ghosts. So the Southampton game was a prime example of that. In fact, I think he played out almost identically to the way it did for them last season. They, they took the lead quite late on, having been very disciplined, very organised, very resolute and yet no sooner had they taken the lead that was when the big lapse in concentration seemed to come and it, it unfortunately fell to Jordan Pickford who got himself caught under the ball from a, a fairly innocuous shot by Jay Rodriguez the The issue I have if, if I'm a Sunland fan of David Moyes is that those mental lapses w- will be what send them down if they do go down this season because they threw away so many points towards the back end of last season it was a, it was a tight race the relegation one but I think if Sunderland had been just a little bit smarter in those last 10 minutes of games, they'd have been staying up comfortably with weeks to spare.
1: Weeks to spare? Hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I still think a couple of sides are very fortunate this weekend to get away with this. You've got to feel a bit sorry for Pickford, but uh, yeah, even so. Uh, Watford, Arsenal. Chris. Arsenal should surely be losing this, because this is this is a, a side that they should underestimate, go there, and hold on a minute, Wenger actually knows what he's doing in the league.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, you watch these these fan channels, and I saw one fan saying it just papers over the cracks, which to me seems like it's impossible for Wenger to, to please some fans. Uh, they're not going to be happy until he leaves. I think the, the first half, they were very strong. They were very clinical. It was exactly what you would expect from a team of Arsenal calibre. The second period, they kind of switched off a bit. They just dropped off. They gave Watford essentially a few chances to get some cheap punches in, one of which was a, a goal for Roberto Perea. Um, overall, though, I think it's a, a solid performance. I think the question is how these new signings fit in and, and whether they improve them. I'm I'm not too sure what you guys think. Dave.
2: Um, I quite like Lucas uh, Perez. He's been doing it for the last what two seasons in in La Liga. Um is he the answer to all their problems? Probably not. Will he be a good player? Yeah, I think he will be. I think he he'll come and he'll do what Arsenal need, you know, players that can play in that final third, create goals and, and, and score goals. He's he's technically a very good player. Sort of carried this Deportivo team uh, on his on his shoulders in a way. So Villar like he'll be will be a pretty decent signing for me. Hmm. Uh, Xhaka,
1: Chris, having a good game. Mm. Well, they're probably allowed to in that with that with against that Watford
0: midfield, right? Yeah, the, fir- the first half, his, his passing was, was good. I think, look, you listen to anyone who is asked about Xhaka, they'll all say the same thing. His passing's pretty good, but defensively, it's a little bit suspect. And that kind of is the issue with him. I think you saw... Was that, kind of was that the opposite of... I mean, when he was first
1: bought for the team, though, people sort of said... Uh, you know oh he's going he's what the team needs
0: um, yeah i see why why people say that they, they, i think they wanted a, a a sort of ball winner type um that wasn't francis cockerland basically um i see why i don't think he's a, a bad player i just have this feeling he needs to grow a little bit more and my concern is he will be given almost too much uh responsibility too early on with um with Arsenal. I mean that quote about him getting a house key when he was six that kind of haunts him a little bit now. What was um, that? The his his parents uh trusted him so much, being the more mature one, that they give him the house key and not his brother who was older. Interesting. Um Arsenal I think it was meant to be using one of those that. Yeah, I think it was meant to be one of these, oh, you know, look at this cute story from when he was a kid. Really, it was just a bit embarrassing. For his brother? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know. Switzerland. I don't really know.
1: Isn't Switzerland still one of those countries where they just keep the doors open at night?
0: I just, I I don't, you know, I don't. (laughs) You know that beyond Alan Partridge, where he just kind of shrugs his shoulders, he just goes, "eh." That's that's, that's essentially what I'm doing at this. It's minute. just a noise. Um, yeah. Hull
1: nil, Manchester United one. Dave, finally, you, there's a reason you're on the podcast.
2: Sorry, Lawrence. Um, was was I not contributing before?
1: No, well, you know, not to a good degree. Uh, by the way, he only scored. Andy Cole only scored hat tricks for. Manchester United and Newcastle United never for Blackburn Rovers
2: so is that an apology that you owe me then Lawrence for attacking my question no Dave it
1: was me playing a quiz now please do some analysis of Hull City nil, Manchester United 1 giving Jose Mourinho 3 wins
2: at the the start of the season well United uh, have been an interesting uh, team this season um, you know, Marouane Fellaini, has come in and really saved the day. You know, he saved that woman's life. He saved Man United on the counter attack, and it's 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 a mature, um, it's maturing Marouane Fellaini. It's Marouane Fellaini that is sticking to his role and playing it uh, superbly. And um, whether dealing with high balls in the air to, uh, from fast breaks, or dealing with balls on the floor that are fast direct passes, or slowing down the opposition on the counter attack, it was. A perfect performance from Aaron Mar- Mar- Planey. And what it gave United was a platform to recycle the ball and create chances. And for the whole game, it looked like Man United were going to win the game. You know, Hull have been credited in the press for a historic defensive performance. And then you're thinking they lost 1-0. They didn't create any chances. They offered nothing on the counter-attack. Yet our media sees this as a, as a great performance. Not for me. I thought they, they, were, they were toothless. And Man United they, deserved they, the win. Man United 100% deserved to win. man in the squad, Hull. Is that is that anything to do with the, the 11 players on the pitch?
1: Well, yes, it means that they can't rotate them around. It means that these...
2: Yeah, but that's not that's that's not the... the I, I don't know, it's, it's they're building this strange mentality. But I think players that, that look good for United Same. Rashford, of course, scored the goal, but he was very bright. Maybe he has a future playing number 10 behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic or ahead of Zlatan Ibrahimovic if they, if they want to switch round because... He has something that Wayne Rooney doesn't offer, and that is you know, driving, a driving force in the final third, picking up the ball and taking people on, making things happen, whether it's getting a shot, a goal, getting a, a cross from a wide area. But it was just a completely different performance for Wayne Rooney that, again, struggled in the first half, struggled massively, but then came up Trump. So it, it's so difficult to judge Wayne Rooney this season because it seems like every time that he's had a terrible game, like he's been absolutely rubbish, he, he's not contributing to much, he'll do something like that, he'll keep his head... Like it was quite old-school Manchester United in a way where United mm. battered a team into submission and eventually got the breakthrough from getting the ball wide and getting it into the penalty area. Very simple. Um, was, another sort of subplot of that is, you know, Paul Pogba and Luke Shaw taking pot shots from outside the area. You know, it shows the the difference in composure between a 30-year-old Wayne Rooney who gets into that area and slows it down, puts the ball in, and then those two young players that obviously are young and, and, and do need to make these mistakes, but they need to understand they are mistakes, that when you're... In this situation, where you're pressing and you've pressed for 90 minutes, the opposition is going to be tired if they've just been in defending for 90 minutes. So take your time, get the ball wide, get it into the penalty area, and, and you will score a goal and you will win the game. So I was very happy with the United performance, um, but I feel like the integration of Marcus Rashford and uh, McTearian into the into the starting eleven will push United on this season. I think the pace and um, tenacity and directness that we saw when both those two players came on really gave United a lot more than one matter. Um, and martial that hasn't had the best start to the season, had a very good first 15 minutes against Hull, got the ball looked a bit dangerous, but then the ball was always going right, he didn't get it enough and he just drifted out of the game. So it was a good substitution by Mourinho again, you know, credit to Mourinho, seems like he's brought a winning mentality to this side and makes the right change at the right time. Interesting.
1: Okay, nice stuff. Let's cross Manchester, Chris. Not literally. Uh, 3-1, though, to Man City in Manchester, real Manchester, uh, against West
0: Ham. Yeah, I thought they were comfortable. I didn't see a a great deal from from West Ham in this one. Um, I think they are missing a lot of players, though, and that has to be remembered. I would also say those who did play, notably Gokka and Tor, were pretty average. Um, I haven't really been convinced by Tor at all when I've seen him, and I see West Ham fans are of similar opinion. Um, I th- I know Dave has some some strong opinions on Mister um, and I feel almost obligated to pass it his way to explain either why he thinks they're going to struggle or what he thinks the future holds for them.
2: It's an interesting one. They 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 haven't solved the striking crisis. They spent twenty million on an attacking midfielder. That yeah, he was he was he was pretty decent last season, but. You look at his long-term performance over the last three years, he was very, very poor at Marseille's last season, wasn't great the season before, moved for £20 million, a bit of a strange transfer. The thing that really gets me is playing Michael Antonio at right wing back, I hate it. He's such a good player going forward. He offers everything. You get the ball at his feet, you can take people on. He's a natural right winger where he'll get it, he'll get it wide and he'll get it into the penalty area. He'll create chances for forwards. But then he'll also, he's got that other duality of his game that he's so good at getting out onto the back post and, and beating defenders. You know, I think that's a place that you can attack this Manchester City team is by hanging cross, crosses up to the back post always, always been an issue for Pep Guardiola on his side I hope that Man United uh, do work on that before the derby with Zlatan maybe drifting there or maybe playing uh, you know Martial would be a good option with McTiernan who likes to cross the ball a lot from the right and then Martial coming in the back post we so see the goals there but back to West Ham yeah it just it, you know the fullbacks have, have definitely dropped in quality from last season you know Cresswell is obviously out injured but um, they've replaced him with a regular, you know, relatively unknown player um, Sam Byron's coming at right back uh, played a bit there you know Jenkinson was good for them last season very very good so it feels like they've lost too many players and they look I don't know they just don't look like the same West Ham in terms of intensity in these bigger games you know we saw West Ham go away to Manchester City and I think did they pick up a win there I remember a Victor Moses goal that was pretty good um, but it seems like that intensity's dropped a little bit in the bigger games and they need to get that back up Birch needs to get it back out of the players to Make sure they don't, they don't struggle this year and they, they perform as they should do. You know, going to be big when he comes back, but where is he at the moment? You know, is he injured? Is he resting? Is he on his way out? You know, strange situation. Mm.
1: Uh, obviously, it's the Manchester derby next week, Dave. Continue with me down this road. We'll probably review it big time early, uh, in, uh, sorry, later in the week. But still, it's, it's a ah. It's, oh.
2: It's going to be a banger. Um, you know, we've seen Sterling really hit some form. Very, very good yesterday. Um, De Bruyne and Silva, the platform's looking okay. I'd still like De Bruyne further up the pitch, but it's okay. His, his delivery from set pieces is really giving City something else. That ball for the Fernandinho goal was ridiculous. What whip, what pace, perfect area. Silva looked very good, hit the bar. Had a number of uh, decent moves that he was involved with. Um, uh, yeah, the fullbacks. Again, staying a little bit uh, further wide than they have been doing in the first time. The first week of the season we reviewed it, the inverted fullbacks. they are staying a little bit wide. That could have been an area United could have attacked. But I feel like it's going to be an attack versus defence session. And I think the last time this sort of happened, at the end of um, Pep's days at Barcelona, when they were in the same league, Mourinho actually eventually got the best of him. They, Real Madrid used to start really intense. They used to press Barcelona out the back. And, you know, They used to have four forwards that had pressed their back four so they were so so aggressive and you could kind of see that with this Man United team the front four of um, you know, Rooney's Latan, McTirion and uh, Martial as it could be um, or Jess Lingard in there or whoever that front four and then Pogba who's been pressing ahead of Rooney at some stage is so Man United will do that and if City want to go long what have you got there hopefully you'll have Marouane Fellaini I think if Marouane Fellaini does um, you know he has this back injury and can't get back for the derby I think Maybe playing um, Fosu-Mensah there could be a good option. A you know, big lad, very physical, would we'll give a similar sort of proposition to to Marouane Fellaini in terms of his defensive work. Or yeah, this is the thing. I think I'd quite like to have that just brute force in there. And, and size a big thing with Man United and Manchester City. City are the smallest team in the league. United are the fourth biggest team in the league. Um, so set pieces are going to be uh, advantage Manchester United. And again, I mentioned before, the switching of the play uh, to the back post for a, for a winger coming in could be a very good option for United to score, but it's it's going to be a fascinating game. This City team has looked unbelievable in, in spells of games. It was the first 15 minutes I think, against West Ham. West Ham just couldn't get near them. They were playing the quick passes, the quick triangles, and I think that first Sterling goal was a, a Guardiola goal where you're playing a fullback or a, a wide-winger in behind and cutting the ball back for a finish. That is what Pep Guardiola did at Barcelona so well. He tried to get that by by Munich, and again now it's at Manchester City, so It's going to be a lot of different aspects of this game where it's going to be a big test for a lot of the players. Big test.
1: Big test for uh, Pep as well. Uh, Pep yet to have an extremely challenging game for for Man City. Uh, This next one could be it. Uh, People resurfacing certain quotes. uh, When you enjoy your job, you keep your hair. uh, Or something along those lines from Jose Mourinho. Apparently he legitimately said that. A few years ago, and then intimated that Pep doesn't enjoy his job, and therefore doesn't keep his hair. Hmm. Uh, maybe Thomas Graveson really hated his job.
0: <laughs> explains a lot about Tony Peel.
1: Which is a really good transition to West Brom nil, Middlesbrough nil. Chris, new owners in town. Pulis is, you know.
0: Still a very basic football manager. basically. Um, I just don't enjoy watching his teams play. I think he's he's very simple, he's very basic. There's there's not a huge amount of complexity to the way his teams play. And, and I completely understand why West Brom fans are, are eager for him to leave.
1: Do, do you think that's going to be what the... I mean, essentially, it, it sort of goes a bit like this. Uh, new owners come in. New owners want to impress fans. New owners do what fans want. New owners get rid of manager. Uh, Clock ticking. Worth putting money down on Pulis going.
0: I see what you. I see what you mean. I, I just think that his dismissal from there has been coming for a while, and his ability to just keep them in the league is just not something to aspire to. It's really not. I think...
1: It it sort of depends on what the new owners think at this point. You know, is this new season going to be, you know, a massive statement or is it going to be, we need to wait and see what happens and then move forward, right?
0: I think, I think that uh, mentality was fine maybe 15 years ago when you weren't able to, to compete in the way you can now in the transfer market. I I think as it stands today it is it is literally just not kind of acceptable for want of a, a better phrase it, you have to aspire to more and I think his ability to waste money doesn't help the situation either
1: uh, similar to Stoke basically
0: before. yeah basically it's, yeah. it's much like Pardew in that sense I guess it follows a, a similar narrative a similar trajectory of, of lots of decent money buys that just don't pan out in a, a style of football that's, that's very I don't know melancholic Ap- apathy inspiring is it a little bit different to uh him
1: though chris in the sense that P- <clears throat> puist doesn't seem the same kind of character uh as parji
0: no I, I i will give you that i think uh he is a different character to to Quite literally um i i don't i don't think that should earn him any different treatment though, because they're they're both uh, simple tacticians, but in very different ways.
1: Interesting, because there are. T- I mean, suppose there are times where they play relatively. There are exciting moments. I guess there is. There is also something, Chris, about keeping your club in the top twenty in the country.
0: Um, I mean, that's an achievement, but but the problem is, it it starts to to resemble that element of Arsene Wenger in which he celebrates getting top four, there, there comes a point where you have to aspire to more to that. And I just don't ever see that with, uh, with Pulis. Well, do you think that's part of
1: the problem though, Chris, is that, uh, you know, uh, maybe with the diversity in the league, that diversity is key in any league, right? And if you have a load of people who are all aspiring to be number one, that's fantastic, but it is drastically going to change the premier league model and maybe destabilize them i mean it could stabilize them in europe if they have a number of very um very aspirational managers and very aspirational clubs but at times it can destabilize a league
0: yeah no that's a that's a fair point i guess i can't really
1: argue too well with that you, well you almost you almost need people who are, you almost need people who are middle of the roaders but it's a bit weird because you almost need that sort of by bi- biodiversity in a league if you like for just diversity but you know what i mean when i say biodiversity to sort of maintain the habitat if you like but maybe you don't want to maintain but maintain the habitat maybe you want to break it down well, that metaphor went too far. Join us next week when we'll be uh, extrapolating yet more shit words onto the Premier League. It's uh, a goal! Good. <laughs> and there, there are all three of our personalities within five minutes. Um, part two of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the rest of Europe. Chris, I like you.
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Can we talk Bundesliga for a second here, Dave?
2: Of course we can, Lawrence. The return of the Great League. Das Great League.
1: Das Boot. Yes. Uh, And of course, Bayern kicked the weekend off, quite literally, by absolutely... Drubbing someone else.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good display. I think we'll see this this team be be far more direct than it has been under under Pep Guardiola, and we'll see it, We'll see a new machine. Um, Lewandowski scored 30 league goals last season. He probably will score more this year because the ball will be coming to him. It'll, it's you know you go back to the Dortmund days. Why he was such a good player was the ball hit him early, and I think we're seeing that a bit more um, with Ancelotti's side. Um, you know, Philip Lahm again had a very, very, very good display, so it took his goal very well. But I feel this, it, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Ancelotti does drop on his side. You now he did start Chappie Alonso with Vidal and Thiago, which is a pretty decent midfield, a pretty versatile midfield. In that midfield, you do have your shuttler, your creator and your recycler. So I think and that's pretty perfect. Thomas Muller, you know, just being Thomas Muller, as always, um, six shots on goal, but he got a hat-trick of assists. What a performance from, from Muller again, you know, working that that wide area like he did for sort of Germany, maybe uh, 2010 World Cup, you'd say, or, um, uh, you know, in uh, other times for Germany, 2014. But it was good to see Muller back in form.
1: Yes, very much so. Uh, elsewhere in the league, obviously, last week we were speaking about Leipzig, away fans boycotting Leipzig. Uh, who uh, come from behind to draw? Dave, did you watch? You watch the high, highlights of Leipzig Hoffenheim just for us?
2: Yeah, you have got to do that, haven't you, Lawrence? You've got to get involved. Um, why not? What's, what's, what's wrong with 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 Red Bull? If uh, Red Bull are listening, um, you know we could do with some free Red Bull cans. That'd be that'd be great, and we can promote Rising Ball Leipzig because they are very unpopular. Um, at the moment in German football, an interesting part of, of uh, the game. Hoffelheim unveiled a, a banner that said, "We uh, we again want to be the most hated team in Germany." Obviously, Hoffelheim are, are similar in a way where uh, a fellas put a lot of money into Hoffelheim. But back to the game, you know, Le- uh, Leipzig broke quite well. German humour. Um, <laughs> uh, so again uh, took his goal very well. Looked very dangerous on the left hand side. Hoffenheim uh, as well, you know, progressing and uh, Nangelsmann again. Um, you know, Kramic could have a very good season, but it, it's going to be a fascinating season for Leipzig. I think Leipzig will, will stay up and they they will bring us quite an exciting style of football to the to the Bundesliga. Very direct counter attacking. So if you've got a you know got a spare moment, please get over there, get to Leipzig and and support the corporation that is Red Bull.
1: Good. Uh, of course, Dortmund,
2: Dave. Yeah Dortmund again played played very well um two goals to to one uh, Bemiang grabbing both but the big the big story of the game was more on um Osman Dembele who quite frankly had a had a fantastic game um you know t- playing a different role to what um uh, what McTiernan did for them last season McTernan was more of a you know creative forward that would um take people on and slow people down Abemoyang uh, sorry uh, Dembele is more about that pace um completing more dribbles than any other player in uh, Europe's top five leagues at the weekend, got to the byline well, got the ball into the box well. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Again, lack as well, and a, a young um, right back that's, that's playing ahead of Piszczek at the moment. Um, very promising future. He's going to have. He managed to complete 50, uh, 94% of his passes against main, Mainz. So he's going to be a, Thomas Tuchel's going to be a big fan and expect him to be in the German national team in the coming years.
1: Let's move on to Liga, shall we, Chris? Uh, opening week... Sorry, when I say Liga, we're going to brush upon on PSG. Um, they they lost for the first time since 2011? First time in August. Right. For the first time in August since 2011. And that was the first game of the
0: uh, current owners, Reign. Um, oh, oh, interesting.
1: Okay. So this is uh, things coming back.
0: Yes, that's that's sort of definitely one way to look at it. I think... You know, they they were very poor. Um, Monaco were impressive, but they were very poor as well. And uh, I think this will be an interesting season for, for PSG. I, I don't think um, they will maybe enjoy as much sort of unadulterated success. I, I still think they'll win the league, but I think it'll be closer than previous years.
1: Yes. Uh, who's going to push them furthest, though, this season? There's, there's a couple of candidates in there that can definitely... Um... You know, I mean, Monaco are not going to be challenging them should we put it that way but they in the long run but they beat them this weekend how does that work? You tell me I, I, w- I wish I could but that, that's the problem is that they're really uh, Monaco will, will not be the team to push them this season will it?
2: I think um, Monaco and uh, um, Yardim are very good structurally they're very good defensively but they just don't score enough goals um, they don't have a goal score on their side with Falcao obviously out injured, but they, they do—you know—they they can beat the likes of PSG. They they could go on a cup run, um, but they just have that quality week in week out to score as goals. I'm a big fan of Bernardo Silva, Silver. Uh, Mario's good for for uh, Fabiano. Sorry, has been excellent in central midfield uh, for them as well. So uh, yeah, they've got a number of good players, but they're more of a defensive side than an offensive side. And I think that's over a consistent league season, it's not going to win you the title. Yeah, good point. Is it going to be Leon that will push them further this this season? We're thinking it like keep Lacazette fit. Um, he took a knock, and you know, everyone was worried that it was a, it was a big injury, but apparently, he will be back uh, after the international break. But if they can keep him firing, why not? Why not? And if Fakir's back as well, hitting a little bit of form, uh, you know, after his long knee injury. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say Leon, um, potentially the team to push them this season. And, and don't forget uh, Nice, who Lucien Favre's took over, and Dante's gone there. You know, they did very well last season with. Um, uh, Pio and um, Ben Arthur but it, it, what uh, Lucien Favre can do for a club is ridiculous so expect them to do well again that'd be nice uh,
1: Serie A Chris the hottest mess in Europe and indeed the hottest mess of the hottest mess is indeed the hot mess of hell Milan
0: yeah they were uh, a, a hot mess, a mess. Mm. Um, Romagnoli who has been been linked with um Chelsea, I think. Yep. Um, he <laughs> conceded an on-goal that he attempted to bat out of the goal with his arm. Um, Brilliant. He essentially was running back to his own goal tried to, I think, stop the ball, um, but his momentum carried him on. And as he saw it trickling into his net, he dived forward and tried to smack the ball away like a volleyball. Um, do, now, do you, do you applaud his commitment
1: or do you... Uh, Punishes stupidity Pun-
0: Punishes off. stupidity yeah good um, I think again Milan for all the talk of the Chinese investment still have a lot of things they need to fix um, they seem light years away from, from winning Serie A or even getting back into Europe which is a, a sad thing to say yeah. um, for a club so historic so I'll be watching them hoping they manage to get it together and and that sort of thing but I'd be amazed if they do this season Well week
1: 2 of Serie A and of course uh, Inter drawing with Palermo Juventus winning 1-0 away to Lazio Uh, Udinese again the 2-0 went over Empoli and of course Torino beating Bologna 5-1 Torino with that kit this season that everyone loves Roma drawing with Cagliari uh, and Sassuolo beating uh, Pescara 2-1 Unlucky, Osati. Um, should we, guys? Can I get some hot takes from you on a couple of things? First of all, being the England squad, the Sam Alas's first England squad has come out uh, today. Dave. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's all the same, isn't it? <coughs> oh, great. Is he not more? Is he not more pragmatic, Dave? Is he? Uh, more...
2: It yeah. just seems like he's forgotten everything. What? No. Where, where, where's all of his big defenders? Where's his big lads up top? Good. Where's yeah, the fine. Sam Allardyce team we wanted to see? I like that Mick Antonios there. He's very Sam Allardyce, but it just seems like Sam Allardyce has got away from what Sam Allardyce does best. That nice. is long throws, long balls, and Kevin Nolan. Yeah, but
1: we're, right, Dave. You, you, we obviously know that he's not been brought in to play that kind of football. Why did you bring him in as manager then? Because we know that he does have some tactical so We feel like he can shape the players in more of a holistic. Sam Allardyce, ironically, could like, be what, a, the England's version of a holistic manager.
2: Like, where is Troy Deeney? Two hundred and thirty-one aerial duels he won last season. Fifty-two percent of the ones that he challenged for a decent player. You know, I argued that Troy Deeney should have been in the England squad for the for the Euros and I still believe that.
1: Dave, are you are you really it's... pushing the idea that Sam Allardyce can only really play one kind of football?
2: No, I'm pushing the idea that Sam Allardyce can play a, a certain style of football very well and going away from that as England manager would be a massive mistake in what he's doing. Yeah, but that's the same as saying that Roy Hodgson can play
1: one style very well and therefore he should play that style. That's not true, is it?
2: But if he'd stick to the the way that he set his Fulham side up in that Europa League run, They don't have Dempsey. probably would have done better. We don't have the Dempsey. Yeah, but the, the, it's the, that Fulham side wasn't about one player. That was about the structure of the team. That's why they went so far. They defended well. They it broke well. Dempsey. He could have done that, but he didn't. <laughs> Dempsey. Well, we had well, you know we've got Wayne Rooney, Lawrence.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, my mistake. And we don't have an Ivan Campo here for. Uh... For, uh, or, for or a J.J.
2: Koch that's the big problem well, we've got I, think, I, think Tro- I think Troy Deeney can be the next J.J. Koch in my personal opinion
1: interesting uh, Chris what do you think of the squad the construction to some extent I feel like uh, I, I, I don't really know the best way to analyse a squad I don't even are we just wasting our breath
0: yes is Luke. the short answer
1: great uh, explain to me why and then we can all be wiser and walk away from the situation
0: because I could sit 12 selectors in a room and get them to write down the 23 players they want and I would bet a sizable amount of money that they would not come out with the same 23 players. It is really a much muchness of a muchness. Sam Allardyce is no different to those that went before him or will go after him because they all operate within the same sphere of the profession and thus there is very little uh, genuine innovation to be drawn from it. I think there's a Chomsky quote that follows that.
1: Which goes roughly, uh, there there won't be any innovation because it's all within the same sphere.
0: Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up if I remember right.
1: um, Are we right in saying that in previous weeks, familiarity breeds contempt and therefore we have instant contempt for Sam?
0: Not instant contempt. Um, I don't have any contempt for him. I just don't think he's the sort of breath of fresh air if you will that people may be painting them out as um cool. so yeah the, the smart way this is the, the quote from chomsky the smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion but allow very lively debate within that spectrum yes okay great no, that please. is the england team and that is uh,
1: and, uh, but that is the th- sorry that's the england squad not necessarily the England team, is it? It's, it's the debate surrounding everything England. The
2: England squad captained by one and only Wayne Rooney. What, what do you think of that, Lawrence? Uh, Confirmed by Sam Allardyce as of
1: 13 minutes ago. What, what's Big Sam doing on a Sunday night at 10.02? Uh, sorry, a Monday night at 10.02. Uh should have been Sunday. Uh, Monday night, 10.02 texting a journalist saying yes of course here we go
2: big sam don't give two shits what you think lawrence
1: we should i'm on one of the most influential podcasts in the north norfolk area
2: <laughs> it's a goal striker
1: no come on i didn't say revert to type dave i i i'm i don't really mind i i don't really care about the england squad at this point uh and i think Kristen's just shown us why um Apparently, uh, there's going to be some interesting things happening in there. So guys, can we discuss Raheem Sterling very quickly? I mean, Sterling, sh- I mean, the- this is what's going to be exciting. We don't really know the structure, like you have sort of alluded to, Dave, that Big Sam's going to play in. It could be really sort of buccaneering and exciting football. This could be his ultimate application to finish his career at Real Madrid
2: or Barcelona. <laughs> This, this, was that all Prelude about Sam Allardyce Yes <laughs> You know Don't get me wrong I do love Sam Allardyce But um, I, I, It's not going to be A buccaneering style We're not going to get that From Sam Allardyce Why We need not? to wake up and, but, but, Because but, it's not Sam Allardyce yeah, he, doesn't, Dave, he plays he has, to his
1: strengths yeah, yeah but His team strength Is what he plays to
2: No, He, he plays to What he He plays a, a style of football That he knows How to get the best Out of players In certain situations you know, from his days at Bolton where he used to play long balls and stand his attacking midfielders in certain positions because statistically that was the best player position to put them on the pitch to to win the second balls. Fair enough. But don't don't go down the line of being, we're going to be playing like Pep Guardiola's uh, Barcelona or, or like Pep Bayern or Pep's Manchester City. We're going to play like Sam Allardyce's Bolton. That's how we should play. Because quite frankly, that, that, at least that's a style and at least that's something that they're... English fans might get behind if we're going to be playing thirty thousand long balls up the pitch to to a target man that we haven't even got in the squad. It, I just uh, yeah, it, it's a confusing one. I think Big Sam needs to go back to what he knows, and that is a certain style of play. That is playing the likes of Gary Cahill with Chris Smalling deep, protected by you know Eric Dyer and someone else that's a beast. You know, these are the, he needs to stick to what he knows because if he goes too far away from what he knows. That's the wrong reason to hire Sam Allardyce, and if that's the right, if that's what the FA have done, if they want them to have this sort of stylistic approach, then that they've made a massive, massive error getting Sam Allardyce. Danny Drinkwater's in the team, of
1: course, and uh, Ross Barkley is not. Let us know what you think of the England squad, uh, the first England squad of the Sam Allardyce era. It's like Doctor Who, isn't it? Uh, the Sam Allardyce era. Uh, anyone else doing well on fantasy football at the moment, guys? This weekend.
2: Some no, just what? Just wild
1: <laughs> What
2: does that mean? Basically, it means you just change your whole team. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've had a terrible few few uh, weeks. few weeks, so yeah. I've um
1: I've dropped the bomb, Lawrence. And does a wild card just basically mean you can make as many transfers as you
2: want? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's you, good. You to be honest, only drop that
1: once a season, though, can't you?
2: You get two, so you get one now. One oh. at Chris after January, but it's quite a good place to put it now. Because you're three uh, three games in, you have a little bit of a feel for the league. So I'd advise it. Interesting. Uh,
1: This fantasy football thing is a bit like spread betting, but much less risky. Uh, Scott Dan, of course, making some money uh, for a lot of people out there. And Jermaine Defoe goes lone up top on the fantasy Premier League's uh, Team of the Week. Raheem Sterling with 15 points. That's exciting. Uh, Chris, have you signed up for Apple Music yet? Uh, I haven't actually. Yeah, you haven't. No. How do you get your music, Chris? Uh, I tend
0: to just listen to YouTube. I have really? a playlist that's probably about how big now—120 songs—and I just set that away and just add to it whenever I hear something I like.
1: Yeah. I, I've signed up for the family pack. Do you want one of my five family packs? You can just you can you can go in.
0: What's a, what, what is a family pack?
1: Well, it's a very reasonably priced package, Chris. It's just fourteen ninety nine or something along those lines where five people can sign in and sort of stream music uh, as much as they want. Oh, so I get your account for free, essentially.
0: essentially. Without your password, so I couldn't do anything nefarious. Uh,
1: I think you could do something nefarious. Like
0: load I it up with Dolly Parton or something. Uh,
1: I, I don't think it would affect me. I think you'd be sort of like a separate account. I can't work it out. I, do, I think you just sort of sign in as one of the five people and then you sort of have your own bit oh wow yeah sounds quite easy though if i've explained it well it is chris go and sign up to apple music no um genuinely last week it did sound like we were doing an advert for apple music and we weren't uh, as much as we would love to we weren't at that point um and I've n- i don't really use spotify dave are you a spotify guy Great. Absolutely great.
0: Listening to it now, clearly.
1: Yeah, clearly. I just imagine him humming around his bedroom. Uh, Chris, do you want to go through a couple of questions while waiting on Dave? Let's do it. Great. Uh, who do you think will be better, Dabala or Martial? Dybala. Good. Uh, dear Hull Chairman, stop <sighs> tripping. Hashtag Mike Phelan. Oh. D- Dave's getting I've been angry. On for fuck's sake good Dave (laughs) Uh, in many ways Uh, do any of you guys this one's from Bobby do uh, do you guys watch Mr Robot no Chris yes what's it
0: like Uh, it's Christ it's visually it's in the style I would say of House of Cards the way it looks Um, that's visually in, in terms of its plot its synopsis it's, it's very, what was that? Twi- it's, it's almost like Twin Peaks with computers. That's the best way I can put it. It's very surreal. Interesting. It will, it will change perception. Uh, not perception, what's the word? Change the kind of... You've, there are things you will miss that once then shown will become uh, so blatantly thing. obvious.
1: So it's perspective, basically.
0: Yes, thank you, perspective. It will change perspective on you without any warning and and very good, in a very good way. Nice. Uh,
1: Dave, any thoughts on Thierry on rejoining Belgium's coaching
2: staff? I think Martínez needs a defensive coach, not an offensive coach, right? It could be an interesting move for him. He's got experience on an international stage, but uh, yeah, it looks a little bit too similar to the Gary Neville move um, to be Roy's assistant and kind of didn't cut his, his throat maybe early enough but it could be a good move I don't know through it's the road Jesus uh,
1: uh, Motada Nasir Chris there's a question for Chris Hennage you've already answered it on Twitter but I want you to answer it on the podcast thoughts on Justin Merram uh, how good is he by the way nice article you wrote about him wow uh, it's like the whole Apple Music thing again
0: yes uh, Justin is a, a very soft-spoken guy very laid-back um, I think actually quite articulate as well in, in the way that he explains the situation in the, the Middle East relating to Iraq, which is a very complicated situation at the best of times. As a player, I think he's very talented. He carries the ball exceptionally well. He's on course for, I think, his best season in MLS. And given that he's he's 27, I would be inclined to say now would be a great time for him to try Europe if he can find the right team. Oh, do you think he can find the right team? I think it's difficult. He doesn't have, to my knowledge, he doesn't have European heritage or passport, which means he's going to have to likely try and secure a work permit if it was England. Um, I also don't know his interest in doing that. It's it's not something that I think's ever been broached with him. But it, w- it would help him. And he's playing, I think he'll play a big role for the Iraq national team moving forward. He, he's one of the more talented members of that squad.
1: Dave, uh, Barcelona versus Athletic Bilbao discuss.
2: Um, A decent game, Um, a game that we kind of saw. Barcelona's little bit of a weakness of not having that fourth forward. Um, Denis Suarez didn't have the greatest of games, Uh, but it looks like Paco's coming in from um, Palaco Alcantara, from Valencia, so he'll be a good option. I think Barcelona just need that little something else. Um, you know, going up front and and giving them another attacking option, really in games where potentially they could stretch the opponents in different ways. But still, an evolution of Lionel Messi. You know, I think he's well he's, he broke another appearance record for for Barcelona or something like that. Most and, hair,
1: most hairs blonde on a pitch at one time. Yeah I, yeah, I think
2: it was that was that was it, Lawrence. But yeah, but will break that record with, soon. It they, they, they looks like they've had a, a slightly slow slow start, and their intensity isn't at it as it, were, it was last season. But does it need to be yet? Probably not. Atletico stumbling in the league, yeah, why Real, why uh, did, you know, Athletico starting stumble? very well as well.
3: Why did Atletico
1: stumble?
2: Um, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, why did? It stumble? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. You could say Griezmann's fitness potentially. Um, nice kit though. Yeah, it's the players not, not ready, not uh, in the system yet. You know, they've signed Gaetan over from Benfica. They've, they've, they've got some other players. It should, it, sometimes it takes time to go, but they have kind of shot themselves in the foot because La Liga, you've got to you start quickly, haven't you?
1: Yeah, but nice kit, though. Yeah, black very kit. nice kit. Black kits are always good. Lovely. Just always get a black kit. That's all that I care about for your team. Uh, ooh, who, should, who would you say is, each say, is England's worst captain?
2: That is hard, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. Um, what was it, Michael Owen that we pre-podcast we decided pre-pod- was well, uh,
1: Chris did a little bit of research terrible. pre-pod? Yeah, I mean, Chris. Just pick out some of the highlight failure names. Sorry, disappointing. Sorry, just names on the list.
0: Michael Owen. Yeah. Martin Keown. Uh, okay. It was only for one game in the case of Keon, I should add. Um, was Owen
1: was in a lot of games?
0: About 10.
1: I was going to say it was about 10, yeah. Between 10 and 20, probably 10's right. Uh, uh,
0: Mark Wright, not the husband of Michelle Keegan, the Liverpool defender. Yeah, he was... Was he just a one-game captain as well? He was. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Sol Campbell? Can we say Sol just for his politics? Uh,
0: for Yeah, for... Being a shoot the homeless type, yeah, I'll give you that. Sure. Because um, he would if he got the chance. Let's I'm, be brutally honest. Possibly, um,
1: allegedly. Um, um,
0: what about what about John I Terry, not, guys? You know. I mean, John
1: John Terry was a good England captain on the pitch. On on the yeah. pitch when he played for England, I mean, he was a bad England captain in the sense that when he was on the pitch for another team, he didn't watch his mouth. He that, sorry, that's so bad. He he watched his mouth to the point where he watched his mouth say really racist things. Allegedly.
3: Mm.
1: Allegedly. <laughs> um, I mean, essentially they, they did, they, yeah, they, it, it, essentially those words did come out of his mouth at one point. It, it's more like he's arguing, look, the bottom line is he tried to sell a box tickets to people. And that was part of the reason he was let go of as England captain. Uh, and people still seem to forget that. The big issue here, John Terry tried to sell tickets to people uh, and it's nothing to do with the alleged racism. Uh, the bigger issue is that, of course, people, the ticket issues that John Terry... So you,
0: got, you got let go for trying to get people to watch England? Uh, what a joke. I think, for this a country's gone mad.
1: But I think for a discounted price though, Chris.
0: No, this country's gone mad, mate.
1: You are right, yeah.
0: Going down the shithole.
1: Yeah. Uh, cause that's it's, what that smell is. Because it's cap. Yeah, I wonder what it was. Uh, for its, I think it's also it's just its captain's choice. Uh, yeah, I want to say there were huge tones of irony there, just in case anyone was thinking of tweeting in uh, and lambasting us about whether John Terry was racist slash uh, a racist. Allegedly, we're not saying he is or isn't. Uh, I think that covers us. Probably, allegedly. Uh, who are we picking? Michael Owen. Mike. Still, after I made the case about John Terry, Dave. Um. No, because he's, he's a good footballing man, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's yeah, a great, he's a great yeah, guy. Yeah. Allegedly,
1: he's a great guy. Allegedly, Chris, you're. I'm opponent. gonna. I'm gonna
0: say. Let John Terry and Michael Owen share it for very, very, very different reasons.
1: Yes, but both of them
0: boring you. Yeah, let them both win a heli- helicopter trip over Dubai.
1: Yeah, or under Dubai. That would be a more challenging helicopter trip.
0: I'm sure, Michael Owen would take it on board for the right money.
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of horses to look after, Chris. That's a lot of horses to look after. Uh, poor Michael. Uh, no, Lawrence, no. Uh, mr nobody oh it's funny michael's actually tweeted this um is, is said uh holding versus stones early on dave and he's done what is a comparison matrix from squawker uh on what i'm told is a web app um
2: a web application lawrence a web
1: application uh now he's used this application dave to compare uh someone who costs three million and someone who costs 50 million um I'm, I've got to. Admit, I'm sort of sceptical of some of it because obviously, very few games played by either players so a small sample size, uh, and obviously playing in different systems. But Holding and Stones have both played three games uh, in the league and s- roughly similar minutes. Dave.
2: Yeah, but I think there's one player that stands out, and the other player that's done very well. Um, uh, I think yeah. right. John Stones has, has, has shone um, under Pep Guardiola. What he's is given City from from the base of their their defence in terms of ball playing, getting the ball forward and moving and following his pass and so forth. Rob Holding's been very good. I've been impressed by him. But um, not the standout defender at Arsenal, I'd say. Koscielny, since he's come back, Arsenal have um, you know conceded one goal in, in, in two games and they've looked very good and Koscielny has been pulling that forward. But Rob Holding will be a very good player. Then sometimes, like you're mentioning, Lawrence, the sample size, the different playing styles, all have got to be taken into consideration when you're comparing players on the squawker comparison matrix.
1: What would you say is the best way to compare players, or is that just a case by case basis?
0: Use who's it's case by
2: case.
1: Excuse me, Chris. Um, <laughs> Un- <laughs> fucking believable. I'm not <laughs> really sure. I'm pretty sure as long as Dave doesn't say it, then we can get away with doing that on the podcast, allegedly. Uh, I've never used either website that's actually not true I've used Scorker a few times I've never used Who Scored though is it good Chris? Uh, they haven't got a comparison matrix I'll tell you that yeah it's sort of, is it called like a, a putty side by side matrix anyway let's move on it's time to probably finish this week before we say any more libelous shit good to have you on the podcast Dave
2: thanks man Lauren stopped selling drugs to children uh, D-A-V-E that's what Sporky you knew. Dave. To,
1: oh, that's what you knew.
2: Closing yeah. in on 8,000, fo- 18,000 followers, six away last time I checked. So make sure you subscribe, follow whatever the, you do on that network for fun.
1: You, wow. And how many followers do you have on YouTube, Dave? How many subscribers do you have?
2: Uh, a few. But, you know, that could always be improved. You know, you fancy that Dave talks, D A V D A V. <laughs> Just dropping E in. T-A-L-K-S. That was a struggle on a Monday evening after being intoxicated for a bit of the weekend.
1: Great. And speaking of someone who's here, uh, Chris, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Uh, really good to have you, as always. People can go over and find him. K-H-E-N-E-A-G-E. Just rolls off the tongue. Good, and we'll see you again real soon on T. Oh wait, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday? No, Wednesday, guys. Can we do Wednesday? Uh, yes. Uh, Busy from about six till 8,
0: but any other time after that, I can can go.
1: Probably can do that. So let's do that then, guys. Uh, well, after ten o'clock on Thursday, uh, after ten o'clock on Wednesday, you'll hear it. I'm at a wedding on Thursday, so I probably can't do Thursday
0: thursday wedding that's different
1: yeah I, th- I thought that it's like when it's like wedding drinks uh but i suppose you know if you not oh, any- a ceremony or what i don't think i was invited to the ceremony
0: oh i had that happen recently mm. what I'm did you do for the ceremony uh maybe not oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you got apple
1: music no right <laughs> uh you're not invited to the after party we are invited to the after We're going to have a great time. Uh, We'll see you again real soon on TF3.